Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Your Own Personal Beatles. I am and always have been Jack Belling. And with me as always is... It's Robin Allender. I've been him for a while. Good. How's that been? Yeah, well, ups, ups and downs, really. Good stuff. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, episode 15. Today yeah. we're chatting to the uh, amazing actor and comedian Gabby Best, mm. uh, which is a fantastic episode. It will, might almost be called a Yoko special. It really is a Yoko special. I think it's kind of one of my favourite ones, actually. I just really enjoyed the chat, and I think we just kind of you know we we did talk about the beatles of course as well but it was just good to kind of go in a slightly different direction i think yeah definitely and it is a subject you know she is the probably the character in the beatles story that tends to get overlooked and misrepresented a lot so it was really good to sort of reassess that uh, look at her work from a slightly different angle and then yep. we went down lots of different sort of rabbit holes and talked yeah. about <laughs> nightmarish musical theater auditions and oh, God. Uh, and Brian Adams. Brian Adams and uh, the All for One uh, theme tune with Sting and, and uh, Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. And um, lots of other stuff like Roasted Baguettes and Joe oh, yeah. and Scott Walker. And it's <laughs> yeah. going to be one of the most eclectic um, podcast playlists that we've done. So um, you can go to Spotify and have a look at that. The reason I said, I remember, because me and my friend Alex have a sort of running joke where, do you know when you just find a word funny? Baguette yeah. is just one of those words for us where we sort of occasionally text each other with strange requests about roasting a baguette. <laughs> and so that's why I sort of mentioned roasting baguettes as if it was a completely normal thing. <laughs> Forgetting I'm not talking to just my friend, but yeah, the yeah. Whole, I'm talking to the whole world. I mean, it's, that's, that's quite sort of emblematic of where we go in this episode. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a bit of a smorgasbord. Yeah. Um, but it's a fantastic one. So um, yeah, before then, we'll, um, we can rattle through a little bit of correspondence. We've only got a couple of episodes to go in this series. So mm. please do keep sending in your personal Beatles stories. We love to read them. And, um, you know, we do read all of them. Sorry if we haven't had a chance to read yours out yet. But you can get in contact with us if you go to personalbeatles.com forward slash contact or you can just send me an electronic message by going to uh, jack at homespunsounds.com but this was a really nice email so I thought I'd read this out this guy from a guy called Nathan Packham who says hi Jack and Robin just wanted to drop you a line saying how much I've been enjoying the podcast Around 2018, I finished working my way through the Beatles' solo catalogue and, with a sense of grief, I assumed my relationship with the Fab Four might be seriously diminished now that I had completed the timeline. What I hadn't accounted for was the rich, personalised treasure trove embodied by Rob Sheffield's book and your own podcast. Although the objective, in inverted commas, history of the Beatles, dates, times, etc., seems like a well-worn path, the variety and frankly bizarreness of people's anecdotes seem like seems like a never-ending story full of nostalgic joy. 
I wanted to throw my hat in the ring uh, with some of my own listed below. So he's got two stories. Number one, I got into the Beatles through my dad's dodgy tape copy, not an official release, shockingly, of the 6770 Blue Album compilation. Oh, lovely. For all the otherworldly rapture I felt during A Day in the Life and realising my life would never be the same, I was swiftly brought back down to earth by the tape cutting out about a minute into Old Brown Shoe. It took me about 18 months to finally get a copy of the remasters, past masters, yeah. and listen to the whole thing in its weirdly quiet vocal. Find out what happened to the bloody shoe at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's quite bizarre that I, I, I didn't grow up with those um, anthologies, but regular listeners will know that they're um, a very common source of people getting into them. Mm. But why is Old Brown Shoe on it? Um, I mean, I know they were compiled by Alan Klein, so he might have had other interests at heart. But it's it's a it's a bizarre choice because it's just a random is, yeah. B side and not a very yeah. good song. And yeah. if you think about well, what's I been quite like Old, Old Brown Shoe. I always quite liked Old Brown Shoe, but that's because I went through, a, when I was getting into the Beatles, I made a compilation tape of every George Harrison song. So I kind of quite liked right, it. But okay. it is an odd one to, to tack on to the Blue Album. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, considering what you're... It's basically everything off the White Album. Obloody of it does, man. It is indeed, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he says a second one here, talking of the White Album, he says, uh, on a similar note, such was my clumsy enthusiasm to hear the White Album for the first time after a dinner in the autumn of 2009. Love the specificity of this. Yeah. I managed to smear chalk ice on the remastered CD case of Fuck all the me. album aesthetics for that to occur with. There uh, remains a stain there to this day, just to the right side of George's picture on the inner sleeve, a reminder mm. that you should probably stay at the table, even if it means wild honey pie has to wait. <laughs> uh, looking forward to hearing more from you guys. Nothing is real, Nath. Um, nice. Thanks, Nath. Great. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. That's so nice to get an email like that. That's lovely. My white album has a uh, coffee cup stain on it which is really? really, really annoying. I don't know who My did that. My dad got the White Album on CD in America, and it's two, diff it's two separate CDs, so it's not like a one case. I've had a couple of nice messages um, from Harry Kidd and from my good chum Christopher Wright asking me if I'm a fan of Martin Newell, otherwise known as Cleaners from Venus. Do you know anything mm -hmm. about him? No. So he was, he's been going for a very long time and he's incredib incredibly prolific. And he was kind of doing a lot of lo-fi cassette releases in the 80s and 90s. And he's a huge Beatles fan. And um, the people, um, Harry and Chris got in touch because there's a new film coming out about him called The Jangling Man, which is a great title. Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> but I hadn't really heard of him much before. But um, the, the, the one I sort of touched on because I guess it's his most famous one is now I'm called The Greatest Living Englishman which is 1993 and produced by Andy Partridge of XTC obviously and mm -hmm. um, honestly it is fantastic and it is basically the first song is like it, it's imagine if the Beatles had take the, the, the rain ear Beatles specifically rain ear Beatles <laughs> kind of <laughs> doing another track is so good and it's like it's not pastiche it's kind of like a really lovely homage to it and so yeah thanks for getting in touch um about that I've, I'm, I'm there's so much to discover of uh Martin Newell's music so I'm looking forward to delving into that and also nice. seeing the film so yeah I can heartily we'll recommend. stick some on the playlist yeah, defo. Um, and also, while I'm chatting about Chris Wright, who wrote in about that, I should mention his fantastic 
art and clothing line called Turbo Island, which you can find on social media. Right. Is this your friend who did the um, very niche uh, Doctor Octagon slash Doctor Rocker pizza crossover? Yes, that's him, yeah. His new one is brilliant. It's a... So, you know, everyone's got an Unknown Pleasures Joy Division t-shirt. Yeah, the black yeah, yeah. T-shirt with the kind of wavy yeah. lines. His new one, mm-hmm. his new T-shirt is a white T-shirt, and on the front, it's kind of a picture of the black T-shirt with the wavy <laughs> lines. So that's really good. I'm going to get. There's one a of really those. great artist called Darren Cullen. Do you know him? Who no, has I don't a, a website called Spelling Mistakes Costs Lives, um, and he sells a Che Guevara T-shirt T-shirt. <laughs> Oh, right, yes. Which is, oh, yeah, uh, which yeah, is very good. similar yeah. idea, very cool. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Anyway, we can't, won't keep you any longer. Uh, we'll be back at the end of the episode. Until then, here's the fantastic Gabby Best. Uh, yes, so welcome to Your Own Personal Beatles with Gabby Best. Hello, Gabby. Hello. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, pleasure, pleasure. I feel slightly fraudulent, but... Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Well, because I'm sort of jump, I'm jumping on a, a Beatles uh, podcast to talk about essentially about Yoko Ono. I'm well aware of that. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It's, it's, gonna be... it's an angle that we yeah. haven't really covered properly. So, Certainly um... an angle. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> it's as angle as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Angular Merkel. What's the what's the background with Yoko? Did, did he start as a Beatles fan and then kind of discover Yoko through them and then think, oh, she was much better. <laughs> It's less romantic than that. Um, I mean, I grew up with the Beatles. My dad was in a band in Australia. He's Australian. He didn't just sort of nip over there to be in a band. (laughs) Um, And he basically... So, yeah, I grew up with with the music in the house and dad sort of playing it and stuff. He had one of those... He had the sheet... There's like a quite well-known book of sheet, like guitar chord music, like Mm. Beatles hits or whatever, that is quite a memorable book that a lot of people had in the household. He, he basically came over to Europe on on a boat, um, as he likes to say, when the boats were made, when the boats were made of wood and the men were made of steel, um, <laughs> and uh, they would get. He would sort of. He didn't. Him and his mate didn't pay for a ticket. This is going somewhere. Um, mm. They didn't pay for a ticket, but they would work for their board right. and food yeah, yeah. and everything. And, they would make him play guitar all night and essentially just play Hey Jude and the na 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 would go wow. on for like an hour and a half because <laughs> they, nice. they had nothing else to do. Presumably. Yeah. So it was yeah, just, yeah. yeah, dozens of men on a ship in the middle of nowhere. So he literally hey paid, Jude. paid his way over to the UK with Hey Jude. He did. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So from day one, yeah, they've been sort of around the house and stuff. But no. I got, no, I got into Yoko shamefully. Obviously, I knew who Yoko was, but I got into her through her Twitter activity, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, yeah, mm. right. Yeah. She is amazing on Twitter. Yeah. My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's... Um... Do you have any kind of particular favourite tweets of Yoko? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, locked and loaded, yeah. Um, oh, great. Basically, yeah. I went through a stage of, of... I got into a habit of sort of... She'd tweet things the things I'm about to read out and I would just send them to friends with good luck um, <laughs> because it was this this I mean my favorite one is decide not to use one particular syllable for the rest of your life record mm. things that happen to you as a result mm. That's good. good luck everyone yeah. <laughs> um, another one uh, whisper the first word that comes to you to a person next to you which I did do on the tube actually so oh I thought 
obviously pre-COVID when whispering was yeah, all the yeah. rage. When yeah. whispering um, was allowed. Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it all the rage? Whispering? Yeah, everyone was just oh. whispering to each other. The tube was alive with whispers. <laughs> yes, such a beautiful the whisper, history. The whisper cylinder, they yeah. called it. Yeah. God, I miss it. I mean, I can't yeah. wait to whisper in someone's face again. Yeah. Um, what did you whisper? What did I? I can't remember what I whispered. Oh, okay. I remember whispering. Technically, slightly cheated because I was in a group of people. Didn't know all of them. If that sounds really sinister, yeah. um, and whispered to someone within the group that I didn't know very well. So it was a cheat, but I oh, still okay. did it. You know, mm, I yeah. didn't do. I never did the one where she told you that brick walls were brick walls don't exist. Just run. I didn't try that one. <laughs> no, that's good. Thought, yeah. yeah, there's a limit to my love. Yeah, <laughs> come on, yoke. Yeah. Jaden Smith is a similarly gnomic presence on Twitter, isn't he? And he's a big Beatles fan. Uh, and he? he said his new album was based on Sgt. Pepper, in fact. But do you, also, do you think there's some kind of Beatles Venn diagram here of this kind oh of... Oh, my God. He's probably got that grapefruit. But have you have you read her the um, grapefruit, Yoko Ono book? No, I have not. No, it's, I know um, of it. Yeah, it's sort of like she's marketing conceptual art, basically. It's like mm. DIY. Try this now. It's, it's a lot like the tweets. So yeah. I bet you he's got that and he's just running yeah. with it. Is that That's sort of good. early 80s, that grapefruit bit? Or is it yeah, quite recent? I, I, I mean, this is where I'm not, I'm not good on facts, just soul. Uh, no, I, well, they, they, re, um, they brought it out, a new version out of it again a few years ago, but I don't know when the original was from. Is it, I think it was, there's that Parkinson interview that she's on with John Lennon where they put him in a bag. Um, this is called um, Cloud Peace. Imagine the clouds dripping. Dig a hole in your garden to put them in. And you see, the thing is, this is not a book of poetry. Uh, poetry to me is noun or adjective, you know. But this is verb, you know, and you have to do them. So when you They're just They're meant to be an actor, it, a lot of these things that you suggest yes, in the book. Yes, mm. I mean, these are all instructions. And when you just do it, then you start to understand it. Yes. It's probably the first one where people sort of slightly when... began to reassess... Her as like having a sense of humour and not this mm. like sort of oh, she's wild got such mad. A sense of humor. Yeah, I think yeah. this is the this is the really interesting thing, isn't it? That this there was a lot of reverse snobbery, I suppose, around Yoko, yes. and it was the very much that kind of oh anyone could do that attitude to yeah, any kind of yeah. experimental art. Where actually the there is something very there's something very self aware and very like funny and and knowingly silly about a lot of the stuff she does, you know. She was so shrewd, so mm. shrewd with it. Like there's the um, in her Desert Island disc, I think she said that when uh, Lennon became a house husband, when he mm. and she he said, "Well, they think I'm worth is it fifty million, whatever they thought he was worth at the time. Mm. So you better go out and make that." And she said, "Give me three years, not one, and I'll make it." And she made a fortune in those three years. <laughs> so she <laughs> beyond you know the obvious. Yeah. She knew what she was doing in terms of she was you know she'd have been yeah. a menace on Instagram, I think. She'd have known exactly what <laughs> yeah, she's she would have been the original influencer, yeah. My God. Yeah. yeah. I do actually often wonder what... Because obviously now the sort of fan movement is so... It's always been, a, it's always been intense, but it's so aggressive now because they've got 24-hour mm. ac access to yeah. these people mm. that the girlfriends and boyfriends are quite often treated appallingly. Mm. So mm. she was obviously treated appallingly, but I f I'd be interested to see if she was around now whether she mm. could have turned that on its head in a different way or whether she'd have got even more shit or, mm. you know. It's, yeah. it's really interesting because obviously, like, 
there is uh, sexism coming into it because Linda Eastman also got a lot of stick. But yeah. there's also racism coming into it as well, isn't Absolutely, it? Yeah. You know, and there's also a kind of streak of kind of sort of slightly anti-intellectual kind of oh look at John being all poncy and pretentious, He's got kind ahead of, of himself kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they. Did, I mean, they did, didn't help themselves to some degree with no, the whole be- yeah. the bedding and everything, yeah, and yeah. the um, when they were yeah. Yeah. Their honeymoon. Hmm. But, and those um, records. I mean, I, I was probably growing up quite guilty of sort of anti-Yoko sentiment, but mine mainly came from the sort of the solo albums that were just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Slash very hard to listen to at best. Yeah. And then just thinking, like, oh, just come on. Why, you know. But then you look back at it and it's like, they're actually really lovely, the ones where they sort of share hmm. the limelight and stuff and... The way that she sort of tempered his output and things was like did him massive, massive favors artistically, and he's such mm. a completely different person in those interviews, like when yeah. they're together, um, yeah. and to, you know all of that sort of channeled all of that sort of anger and hatred and so into a sort yeah. of positive way, and he just became a bit more sort of human, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, and she point. says Yoko said that he would have got there some degree himself anyway mm. they like mm. met on the same road he was sort of heading that no doubt she you know helped but he was um he was always going to go in a slightly different direction i think so mm. it's that awful yeah. cynthia Lennon, when when yeah when his first wife said the minute she saw them together she mm. knew that they were yeah. soulmates like yeah. oh man pain pain but also yeah. Some of the lyrics that he wrote in the love songs to her as well, oh. and you do feel a bit sorry for Cynthia when he's sort of like, you know, I'm in love for the first time. For the first <laughs> time? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Come Don't on. let me down. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, and then oh, there's, there's God, quite a lot killer. of um, stuff on Imagine as well. It's like, do you know the story about Cynthia when they were all getting on the train to Wales? I, think. I, I might be getting this wrong, or they might. Oh, no, but I feel like it's going to break my heart. I think Go it's on. in anthology, <laughs> but like Cynthia just got left behind. On the train, oh, you know, when they were going off what? to the retreat, and she just felt like that was this really symbolic moment. Oh. Obviously, she caught up with them, but just obviously, you know, she yeah. broke down. Oh, there's afterwards. a joke about that in the Ruttles that I've never understood, but that makes sense because there's someone oh, really? who runs after the train, and it's all in sort of sped up footage, and she smashes her bouquet oh. on the platform. Oh God, no! That's horrible. Oh God. Yeah, but the it's interesting, isn't it? Because like. I always thought I knew the when John met Yoko story, but then whenever you look into any Beatles story, you find out, oh, was it actually true? It might not have been true. But the, oh, what, the hammer the, and the... Well, the, 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 the you're name. going into the Indica Gallery and... Yeah. The, and yeah. He, he, the pretentious gallery Soho. The yeah, and he... What's the story about the hammer, actually? I thought my mind's slightly different. So she had one of the pieces was... Oh, um, yes, right, yeah. A nail that you could hammer in... Um, I think sort of suspended. I don't fully understand the logistics of it. There was a nail and there was a hammer. And she was already thinking how people can't buy these. They won't, you can't buy them to hang in your house. So how am I going to ever monetize this? She Mm. was, you know, business head from the off. So um, he came in and said, can I, can I have a go? Um, Don't do an impression again. That would be the first and last. Can I have a, yeah, can I, can I have a go? And she said, well, no, because... I want to keep it fresh for the opening tonight. Mm. And he said, oh, go on, let me have a go. 
And she said, all right, you can have a go if you pay me, I don't know what it was, you know, $50 or whatever it was. And um, probably wasn't that much. And he said, I'll, uh, what about if I hammer in, uh, if I hammer in, what about if I hammer in an imaginary nail and pay you imaginary money? <laughs> Which is super tight from no, one of the richest yeah, men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd expect that from it. George, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she found that very charming, apparently, so... What, what, what was your one? Yeah, well, it's the one of the pieces was like look, very tiny words on the ceiling on the wall with oh, a magnifying yeah. glass, and he kind of reached up and it was the word yes, and it, he said this thing years later that it was the first time he'd had that sense of kind of you know is he expected to be to be a kind of sneery, pretentious gallery, and it was that feeling of acceptance and positivity that he didn't expect from the art right. world, and it's a lovely kind of way of thinking about like we we do kind of think there are gatekeepers of that kind of mm. world. And it's actually accessible and there's humour and love in it as much as there is in more traditional art, I suppose. I think I prefer that to the hammer and the nail, to be honest. Yeah. I'll take yeah. that one forward. That's my new origin story. Yeah. <laughs> and it does have a sense of humour to it. And it is, I think that's quite obvious. And you sort of have yeah. to like kind of willingly misinterpret it or like w- w- willingly evoke this kind of sense of pretentiousness or whatever that yeah that is kind of there but it's sort of she is joking and yeah, yeah there, there is a lot of the i mean there's i think the thing in the simpsons there's a joke where she's in a restaurant or something and she or she's like may can, can i take your order and she orders oh, this a is great. top yeah. hat with a cherry floating oh and then yeah. she had exactly that in one of her exhibitions sort of 40 so years good. later she knows what she's doing <laughs> yeah yeah hey barney what'll it be i like a beer mo i'd like a single plum floating in perfume served in a man's hat here you go i think she can definitely laugh at herself she basically she's she calls herself a narcissist in mm. in quite cheery terms but i'm not i'm not in a <laughs> i don't think she's meaning that in a in a cruel sense but she's like look mm. i you know i i, I am the art yeah it, I am sort of, obviously, it's a form of beautiful attention-seeking. Some Mm. of the artwork she's done, she's putting herself in the centre of it. So I think she expects a certain amount of ribbing. It just, the level of abuse she got was obviously for different reasons, but for many different reasons. It reminds me of when when I was at school, probably about year nine, we went on an art trip to the Arnolfini, which is the... uh, kind of modern art gallery in Bristol and we were such little shits because we were just like well you being... are in year, year nine is a real shit <laughs> yeah year. and yeah. it was like we we're being shown around this concept conceptual artist's work and we were just like oh this is rubbish that's not real <laughs> you know stuff like that it's terrible yeah. I mean that's quite <laughs> um... there's that kind of default attitude isn't there sometimes and it's hard to sometimes it clicks and you're like yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you know Mar- Marina Abramovich oh yeah stuff? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's there's so much humour in that, and I think going to, we saw an exhibition of hers, and I think that's something that where it kind of really clicked that it was powerful, silly, it was funny. Yeah. The performance kind of made sense, and you know. Well, doesn't yeah. she work with Gaga a bit? Yeah, I think she's done. Some... I think she has done. Yeah, one so of the exhibitions kind of, yeah. was a woman cleaning a skeleton, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, aren't we all in a way every time yeah. we have a shower? Well, this is it, yeah. <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. And uh, the, her big tagline at the end of that thing was, it's the, it's the process, not the result, which is kind yeah. of a very Yoko. That thing. is very Yoko. Have you ever seen, I think it's called Four. It's called Four. The Bums. 
it's just bums. Yeah, yeah. And and it's obviously dividing oh, yeah, the, bums, the, yeah. the screen into into four. Mm. You've got and she's it's all about the cleft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and then the producer after the after that that was really successful said okay I'd like you to make one that's 365 pairs of tits mm. and she said no I'm not doing that oh, um, that's just stupid She's, yeah. I mean yeah. it's completely <laughs> stupid I mean in a set probably would have got yeah, yeah probably would have done quite well the tits but um, mm. money wise she could have maybe rethought that stance but um, mm. and then she just did one instead that was legs up an escalator from a fit anyway so yeah, yeah. she sort of did something deliberately well people say she did something almost deliberately boring mm, yeah. as a response to no you not only are you not getting tits you're going to get mm. like a, a bit of a, a bit of a leg in a jean that doesn't you wouldn't even know it's a, you know <laughs> you're great. not having any flesh mate whatsoever yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she yeah i think she's quite canny mm. Talking about the abuse that she got and stuff, do you think that's unprecedented? Can you think of any other sort of pop culture figure who's that? Who who innocently got such a beating? Like someone um, yeah. sent us a, a really interesting email about a time that he interviewed her and she um, she was absolutely delightful and um, mm. in, in Japan and he was saying that in, in, even in Japan she is properly vilified. That they yeah that they sort of refuse to write her name in the sort of traditional Japanese writing and it's all they they use like a different sort of alphabet which is one of the like biggest burns that you can do to to someone a sign of like disrespect and stuff because she's I think she's from sort of quite a wealthy family and her family were all sort of ostracized and her name was sort of mud in the village that she Mm. was that she was from and stuff. Can, I mean, can you imagine the strength of character to just not only survive that, mm. but to carry on going, I'm, not, I'm just going to make exactly what I want to make. And do, I suppose that's the only way to go, isn't it? You would just have to become entirely fearless. If the whole yeah. world hates you or it feels mm. like that, then maybe there's a weird sort of freedom in that because you've got absolutely nothing to prove almost. You just... Yeah. Mm. It must have been so tempting just to, you know call it a day Mm. (laughs) you know i don't need this you know and it's it's, we've had a chat as well about how it's kind of still carrying on today obviously you mentioned in japan but you know the craig brown book the one two three four and john ronson said it's a shame that he's still kind of doing these kind of old cliched yoko bashing kind of stories and things which is a shame yeah. Yeah. There's interviews where she talks about um England specifically and stuff and it's sort of really heartbreaking that she she you know she talks about how she really wants to like you know be accepted in England she wants to love the country but she finds it impossible because mm. people are just so horrendous to mm. her and stuff and you just feel like even though I wasn't born you feel just very ashamed of wow. you know God. the tabloid yeah. culture of it all. I want to love this country because this is my husband's country and outside of that I think it's a very interesting country but so um, but it's you know I'll be a masochist if I love this country when I'm constantly abused you know whatever yeah. and uh, it's a bit tough for me you know her and um, Lennon made a piece called rape together which was if you see this footage of just a woman being pursued by a camera from a cemetery back to her house and I think there's a sort of 
potentially the voice of a director in it who you never see. And um, the woman speaks in German and Italian. And it was essentially all about... It's one of the earliest kind of bits of art about press intrusion, well, as in, in the modern sense, um, mm. press intrusion. And also, I guess, xenophobia, because it, the sort of language barrier. And, yeah, and she said it, a lot of it was about not feeling remotely understood in any way in this country mm. and just being hounded wherever they went. Christ. Yeah. It is, I mean, it's grim. It's, it yeah. is grim. But then yeah. she did, she went, didn't she go and sit on when they were, obviously, Paul McCartney's thing about her sitting on an amp when they were trying to, in the recording studio or something. Mm. And she said that when he was singing Get Back, he was just looking at her. Or Lennon yeah, said he was yeah. just looking at her oh, or something. Really? And it's like, probably is quite annoying if you go and sit on an amp. When, I yeah. mean, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, get back off the yeah. amp. Yeah. Just get back off the amp. <laughs> then go about your business. Yeah. There so, is a really awful other version of Get Back, though, isn't there? With quite brazenly racist lyrics. Is there? Yeah. Oh, really? oh, right, because he, he comes yeah. over all... Uh, sort of measured about it now when he yeah. talks well yeah yeah it definitely uh, was i mean i think most of the sort of um the theory of yoko breaking up the beatles which has now been disproved by pretty much everyone yeah, who was I mean, there most of that does come from what was filmed in those get back sessions because yeah. it does mm. look quite annoying <laughs> but that she probably was yeah you know when people are in love god they're so yeah, annoying but that's the thing who isn't annoying <laughs> yeah. when they're in that exactly. stage is, you know, yeah. I probably, if I was in the Beatles, I'd be like, can, can she have a little song now? And everyone would be like, yeah. no, obviously not. <laughs> You'd be like, she's just going to wrap herself around my mic. Yeah. <laughs> she's just going to be, yeah, you know, we're going to be howling. using her hair as an instrument. Like, whatever you want, it's just pure obsession at that stage, particularly yeah. when you've got two people that creative yeah, and yeah. on drugs. You're going to yeah. get that level of... But I, I, always, I always really like her contributions to the White Album. You know, you can hear her on Bungalow Bill and birthday and stuff like that it's, it's yeah. good <laughs> it's nice to hear these other voices i do have a problem with the howling uh, as <laughs> therapeutic as it might be it's really not a very nice noise there's yeah her one well, of our, what album is it where she just but you've got to wash howling. the skeleton jack you know mm. life isn't easy you, you've got to listen to howling sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i think maybe there are less painful ways to wash the skeleton i don't yeah. know i'll try maybe something else yeah So, Gabby, you started, so your journey with Yoko started with the tweets and then did you kind of work back and... The, yeah, to, then I just... The well, I mean, I've and... heard about her from, you know, parents saying, like, wow, bloody Yoko. <laughs> no, mm. I'm joking, he doesn't say that <laughs> at all. Um, they're fairly uh, ambivalent. And then, yeah, but it was... I mean, it's a, a while ago that I got into her sort of Twitter stuff, but then I, I worked backwards and right. started, like, looking into it more and reading up a bit. I, I saw this great video you did for... Um... For Metro about making a passive aggressive oh, playlist, yeah. and one of the songs is "Moving <laughs> Mountains" by Yoko yeah. Ono. So, can you As explain that song to the listeners who may not have heard it? <laughs> I hope you haven't heard it. <laughs> it will haunt you. Um, it's, it's. I mean, there's various good tracks on that, but she. It's one where she's just. It's. It does. It's, essentially, it sounds like she's trying to move mountains because just sounds like she's in vast amounts of physical pain. For, mm two and a half minutes. It's just, it's sort of shouting, basically. Mm. 
yeah. But do you know what? There is something... When I was making that playlist, I was listening to... I was like, I've got to get some Yoko in there, even though <laughs> I love her. I've got to get her on this. And the more you listen to them, they, they do do something to you. Yeah. Like, you do feel on a cellular level changed when you've listened mm. to a couple of those tracks in a row. They're kind of... They're an event rather than a song. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, th- I think there's, you know, it's it's one of those things where we need to be careful the way we talk about uh, experimental music, for want of yeah. a different word, because it, you do experience it in a different way. And yeah. for a long time, a part of me was sceptical about noise music or, you know, yeah. more extreme forms of music. But, it, you know, I, I've had some really profound experiences listening to that kind of music. Yeah. Like, mm. And there's, a, there's an incredible progression that you go through. It's a real journey where you, you start thinking, how am I going to listen to this? It's just noise. I remember the yeah. first time I heard The Drift by Scott Walker. I don't know if you heard, know that album. Mm. It's quite hard going. And, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's, something clicks and it's like, you kind of think, I kind of don't want to listen to ordinary music now. <laughs> I just want to listen. I want to be in that world. It's not like you want to listen to it every day, but it's a, a process and it's an experience. You know? mm. Yeah, and I suppose you have to really concentrate in a way that you don't with some other music, yeah. which means it's more edifying, I guess, if you yeah. can sort of lock into it. Mm. And also sometimes the influences, things that at first sound just otherworldly or, you know, difficult, you'll start to pick out influences and be like, oh, it's a bit of this or it's a bit of that or it's coming from yeah. this sort of, you know, cultural... Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. can become much more of a... Yes, yeah, I suppose it's like an intellectual journey, isn't it? Because then you yeah. start... It's not. It's not background Sunday roast music, no. though. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, let's put a bit of moving yeah. mountains on. <laughs> let's put that on. Give you indigestion before yeah. we've even started eating. Um, <laughs> so, what's your setup, Robin? When do you? Because I find it. I, I must admit, apart from sort of studying more sort of noise music and c- cacophonous stuff, I do find it very hard to find the right time so mm, is yeah, it something you uh, yeah. like the candles and <laughs> have some <laughs> quiet time when what's the circumstance i think seeing stuff in it? performance is good like i saw a performance yeah. of mess messian do you know messian mm. the guy who used to I notate do very birds well on... know messian yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my composition second year composition project oh nice wow. so, or, yeah, a... variations on a theme by messian probably why i find it hard to listen to now <laughs> right I saw that and I, I performed live. I can't remember what it was, which piece it was, in a church uh, in Paris, oh, wow. and it was incre- <gasps> incredible. It oh, was well, really... that is lovely. Yeah, maybe it's <laughs> yeah. just the smell so of roasting yeah. roasting baguettes in the air or something <laughs> yeah. that was really <laughs> Do you doing roast it. Baguettes? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, you can't you can't move for roasted baguettes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was the gently roasting baguettes. I don't know that, but yeah, that was very moving. Um, mm. And, you know, I, and like, do you know the band Sun? Uh, the, you know, I've never actually Show seen them live, but they're, they're a band which is have pulled huge audiences, and it's literally just drone music played incredibly loudly and with you know really amped up guitars, and it's about kind of literally feeling the vibrations as they change chord and things like that. And, yeah. Mm. You know, and that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> So I think a live setting can really open up some more difficult music. Yeah, yeah, music, I definitely yeah. get that. You're more invested then as well, aren't you? Yeah. There's you're yeah. you're gonna go with it. Have you ever been to see any of Yoko's art in the flesh? 
now I haven't sadly I've just got bits and bobs at home just got a little book and yeah I oh, haven't nice. I know do you know what I was meant to go and try and see um one of her films at the BFI before hmm. lockdown because they've got I think they've got two of them there that I just found out but no I haven't sadly mm. I'd love to I would yeah. not only love to do that I would love to have lunch with her lunch yeah. specific, specifically lunch specifically lunch yeah. Yeah. not dinner too intense lunch yeah, yeah. <laughs> two and a half hours yeah, bottle what of vino. Kind of set, what kind of um, restaurant? If she emails us and says, I'm, I'm game, where, where are you Bro- taking her? I like the cut of her jib. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go for lunch with this girl. Um, yeah. I would like to sit outside with her somewhere, I think. Some, mm. One of those, um, I mean, I'm not posh enough to go to them, but one of those beautiful um, sort of walled garden mm. restaurants, you know? One of right. those very yeah, exclusive yeah. ones. Like in a, yeah. a Woody Allen film. But yeah, I don't know, do they actually so. exist? <laughs> Oh, I think there's I think there's a few of them, but yeah. not in my, uh, my world. <laughs> but I'd want the whole place cleared so no one yeah. else can be in there. No background chatter. Nothing, thank you. Mm. One carefully selected waiter, <laughs> and then that is it. Just yolks yeah. and me for yolks. yeah. Push <laughs> pushing four hours if she'll have it. Top. I'll be. Yeah. I'll obviously be dressed like that. Homage. <laughs> 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 she can come in whatever she likes. Yeah. There'll be an agenda, and then we'll just chew the fat. I don't wow. know, because we've often talked about meeting heroes and if you ever had the opportunity to meet a Beatle, but you definitely would jump at the chance. You wouldn't. Because I don't think I'm expecting her to be lovely to me. Yeah. I think mm. there's, there's, there's other people where you're like, oh, I, I don't want that illusion shattered because in my head we're very close friends and we regularly get together for a curry. Um, <laughs> Graham Norton. But um, if it, with Yoko, I think it would be... I'd kind of be going into gentle battle, I think, right. to meet her. I'd be like, I, I don't expect you to like me. I just would like to pick your brain if you'll let me for a few yeah. hours. And she yeah. could. I, I would be quite disappointed if she was too affable, actually. Yeah. It's not what you want from Yoko Ono, is it? Yeah, if they're asking about your family and things. Nah, <laughs> mate. Nah, yeah. you're not bothered about that. We've no. had a few emails from people who have met Yoko and they've all, <gasps> every single one has said that she's absolutely delightful. Oh, is okay well that's obviously yeah. that's even okay i'll take that but generally what quite chatty mm-hmm. yeah well there was one guy who i was struggling to find this email so i'm very sorry because i can't remember who sent it in but one guy who interviewed her in japan and he lived in um, japan but he's an english guy and he's like oh hi and she's like oh you're english and he's like yeah and she's like oh i used to go out with an english guy <laughs> Wow! Wow! <laughs> that's so good. Beautiful understanding. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then oh we had another God. guy who wrote in who used to be a manager at the Dakota Building, um, mm. and said that he bumped into her at a garden party and she was absolutely delightful. Mm. So there you the go. She might be disappointed. Well. That's yeah, not disappointed just pleasant. Nice. That's, yeah. that's delightful. Yeah. I, would, how would I take that if she was nice? I'd be spooked. Yeah. Is it a bit like wanting? I'd kind of want to be, meet Van Morrison and for him to be well, an asshole, so he, you can sort of he's have your <laughs> yeah. But then you can have your like Van Morrison asshole story, you know, not yeah. not yeah. his actual that's asshole. A, sorry, that's a that's a different kind of anecdote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you want you want that though. You want and you want it to be almost worse than the ones you've heard because it's it's yeah. like top trumps, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go to more Yoko deeper cuts, I really wanted Mm. to mention on that Metro playlist, you also mentioned a song which I hadn't even thought about since 1993, which is the theme song from the Three Musketeers film. (laughs) Absolutely. Tune. Can you you explain that? It is Rod Stewart, Sting, and oh my God, I've forgotten who the... Brian Brian Adams. Adams. Brian Adams, my God. Yeah, Yeah, Rod Stewart, Sting, and Brian Adams. The Holy Trinity, yeah. I mean, come on now. But that's so weird. Like, I literally hadn't thought of that song and then it all came flooding back. But yeah, carry on. Huge yeah. song. I remember, like, it, again, it's a song I hadn't thought of for years and years, but the second I heard heard it again, I was like, <laughs> I know every word of it. Why do I know every word of this? Presumably because it was massive for about two months. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's the three of them. I, the video is also wonderful. They're just mm. having a real time of it in a shed somewhere. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wearing some great jackets around a piano. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a big kind of cheesy ballad. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very really sort of cynically great. put together because it's so obviously like you know we're we're oh, gonna we're gonna it. do the uh, <laughs> we're gonna do what the, whatever the one that was number one for was it three or oh, four the, years? Um, uh, uh, everything I do, everything I do, I do, oh, I do yeah. it for you. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. we've got another swashbuckling you know family film. So oh yeah, what's better than Brian Adams? Brian Adams and Sting. What's <laughs> better than Brian Adams enough, and yes. Sting? <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if they'd. If they'd mixed up the offers for it, and it was meant to be one of them, yeah, but yeah. they yeah. accidentally yeah. offered it to all three of them at the same time. Like, shit, 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 what are we? Yeah, they'd accidentally CC'd instead of BCCing, yeah. oh, and no. they'd like all yeah. seen they each all other. They all want it. The song yeah. is too strong. Yeah. But wait, it's the Three Musketeers. Beautiful. Maybe they had to kick out like you know Robert Palmer or something. Yeah, who else was in the running for that? Or yeah. any of them that are seal? You know, on the B list? I would say Rod, Rod Stewart's a bit of an outsider. From yeah, a seal days, would have been kind of riding high on Kiss from a Rose, wouldn't he, at that era, in that era? Yeah, you might mm. be right, but I feel mm. like maybe maybe he'd have been like, nah. Maybe nah. he listened to the song. <laughs> My buckle yeah. has been swashed. I mean, it's yeah. probably not a million miles away from something Paul McCartney might have done, to be honest, in yeah. the early 90s. Let's make it Paul McCartney did write one of my least favourite ever songs. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No, the frog song. Oh, oh, the frog. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who was it who said that was their introduction to the Beatles the other day? Oh, Hazel Wild we had on the other day. So yeah. that was <laughs> one of her favourite ones. Um, I still don't think I've ever heard the frog chorus all the way through. Ever. I wouldn't be able to sort of hum Oh, it it's on. not I can't I can't do it. It sounds like a protracted burp. Cockfrorus. Yeah. yeah. I don't <laughs> mind it. <laughs> I mean it's not horrific, but it yeah. slightly gets it's slightly 
Yeah, Great. big grating. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So we could, from moving mountains, then, can you recommend mm. some other Yoko deep oh. cuts that we I might mean, not be aware of? Yoko's music is not actually my fave thing, okay. but I'll get that. I'm going to find <laughs> I don't think the other one from that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Although she did train when she was well, they say trained. I love that they would say trained in music when they were younger. They probably had like six piano lessons when <laughs> yeah. they say that about Played people. Played the recorder, like him, exactly. <laughs> We've all played the recorder. <laughs> Seventh Floor is quite... Mm-hmm. That's another one that nearly made it onto the playlist. Oh, cool. Is that sort of similarly uh, alarming? It's not as... <laughs> <laughs> I've given my Yoko. I didn't mean to give it so freely. Um, and, and then where's that? I've got to remind myself of the other one that is actually really... Watching the Dawn. The stars were gone We were hardly together Watch the dawn. They say it's coming, but I don't see it's coming yet. Let the earth be while our children sleep. Oh, okay. That, sounds, that nice. sounds quite melodic. Is, yeah. and what, so what era that is sounds that? Nice. I'm going to give that a go. Do I know what era that is? We'll do a it's playlist the plastic of Ono Band. I mean, it's later oh, in life. On, it's, right, okay. it's, yeah. it's 2014. Was it that album that? Yeah, it's the same one. Two thousand and I got my glass. Thirteen, two thousand and thirteen. Right. It says here. So mm. yeah. yeah, but that's cool. the that's the most, I think, the most tuneful yeah. of that lot. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a few good ones on it. I don't. I rarely listen to the whole thing the whole way through, to be honest. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because it's a bit of an, an ordeal. Get on it's going to be a great playlist because you always do a playlist after each episode. So this one should be quite an interesting one. You've got to put Moving Mountains on it because I think <laughs> yeah. it's the fairest rep. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And it's a lot like the when she went and did the shouting show. Yeah, you know she did yes. that. Yes, yeah. Um, it's going to be the only playlist that has Sun and the Frog Chorus on, I think. But yeah. maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. So what, what's what's your background gabby so if we can what you know to and, and is music kind of part of your performance I just became very aware my literal background is my my washing <laughs> hanging up and i'm suddenly quite embarrassed about that <laughs> that's a great three pairs of nipples so you start talking about your background in a yeah. zoom job interview and you have, yeah. yeah actually all left there's a um <laughs> so no yeah i i well, yeah, my family, my dad's very musical. My my granddad was a pianist in Australia and a mm. choir master and um, did loads of music and used to write music for Australian radio and stuff like that. So he was mm. very musical. My dad and his brother were in a band called The Band, double N-E-D, in oh, Australia. Nice. Same oh. as the band from the EastEnders, wasn't it? The band yeah. in EastEnders was called The Band. My dad's 148, though, so he probably beat them to it. With a, <laughs> he's, not, he's not 100. He's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a spring chicken. Um, mm. And then I was sort of my... He raised me on, I mean, God, bloody everything. It's lots of the Eagles, lots of Dylan, lots mm. of Beatles. And mm. then um, my mum was heavily into American songbooks and Archer Ella Fitzgerald, which I mm. was... I mean, I'm still... So my heart is... So, Yeah. Grew up oh, on a yeah. lot of that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I did, I, I played the piano for a bit, but mm. I never learned to read music, so I was doing it all by ear. And mm. then I got to grade seven, it was, and I was busted because I could no longer just pick it up. Wow. And my teacher yeah. had to turn to me and say, 
you can't really read music, can you? I was like, well, surely if you go no. to grade seven and you can't read music, they should just put you automatically to grade nine because it's like, well, you've, you've done very well so far. But I, I did hit a wall where suddenly it just was obviously everything was taking ten times longer and, mm. you know. Yeah, I had but a I similar just, yeah. thing with my piano playing career when I realised that I actually just was learning everything by like muscle memory very very slowly yeah. and like couldn't sight read for shit <laughs> but you went on to do music obviously so i did but i'm a terrible piano player <laughs> i Which, bet uh, you're not i'm very good at reading sort of i can i don't know it's a weird one i just find it very hard to read complicated piano music into mm. different it's weird because i've done orchestration and stuff so i should be able to read like 32 lines of score at the same time mm. but i just can't process that amount of yeah. information ahead of where you are yes. right yeah maybe it's because i've got a bonkai so i i tend to the, I, the I find term. it very hard <laughs> this, that's the medical term yeah, yeah. bonkai yeah. um and i can't sort of follow i like lose my place quite easily right following like notes along that's amazing then though that you've you've got that far whilst finding that element of it quite difficult. That's, yeah, well I didn't you, you even realize that I thought everyone did it like that until I met proper pianists who could sight read, you know, oh Rackman and off concertos and were like, right, this is this is not really where I am. Right. But uh Jeez. yeah. I think it's I still think Back that's the, the most guitar. magical thing in the world seeing someone just sight read an incredibly mm. it's just Yeah. And amazing. like oh. Transposing, I always find, is the... If you watch someone sight read something and play it in a different key, yeah. that is like... Witchcraft. That's superhuman. Yeah, witchcraft. Yeah. There's an amazing um, documentary on the radio recently about John Clare, the poet John Clare, oh, and he yeah. used mm. to write, um, you know, folk melodies, and he wrote down folk melodies he'd heard. And the violinist kind of went to where he's buried in Northampton. I think it's near Northampton. And... Um, like played one of these jigs from John Clare's handwriting, and that was incredible. It was like oh it was God. coming alive, you know. It is there's something mm. really magical about that, isn't there? Oh, like, yeah, yes, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's yeah. yeah, so impressive. Yeah, it is superhuman, really. Did, but, did you ever play in any bands or anything like that, or were you just? Uh... No, I went. I sort of went musical theatre for a while. Right. Um, did lots of that, and then. Yeah, and then realised you'd probably have to be able to dance to about grade eight. And I, don't get me wrong, I love a dance, but I can't get my leg up <laughs> around my ear hole behind my neck. So I was like, well, that's not going to work unless Sondheim finds me. Um, <laughs> so was, then... um, did you say, and were you singing as well? Were you, were you kind of singing yeah, I've always, I've always sung. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of the fact I've never shoehorned my singing into my comedy. <laughs> not that yeah. there's anything wrong with it, but I've been so tempted so many times. And like, Isn't you're just... I was You're watching just... some Mary, Mary Jane, the character. Sorry, oh, my... yeah, yeah, well, Mariana, of... yeah. Mariana, sorry, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do um... you mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sorry. Oh, yeah. Dare you. And, uh, yeah, John Clare was from Helpston, not Northampton. Ah, uh, carry Fact on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was yeah, pretty... Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah. fucking up left, right and centre. I just haven't... There's the, yeah. um, the dancing element of the sort of triple threat is... Uh, is definitely the hardest to pull off, I think. I, one of, probably, I would say, the worst moment of my entire life was when uh, I got basically pressured into going for an audition at the National Youth Music, Music Theatre. 
Oh my wow. god, yes. Um so I had these like little <laughs> show tune songs that I really didn't like. I was probably about 13 or something. And I did these songs and I think I must have done them quite well because they put me through to and then they were like, and now um can you show us some of your dancing? And now, a five, oh, six, god. <laughs> but I had no idea that there was any dancing involved. So oh, I, I, I was like, I really um you know, I, you're I actually got... blushing, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> this Thinking memory, about it now makes yeah. me feel sick. This so I had to one. pretend, uh, I had to improvise a dance and make it look like it was something that I'd been working Fucking on. Hell. Oh my God. <laughs> and it made me want to crawl up and bore and die. Uh, at uni, I, me and my friend Tom went through a phase of being into break dancing. You oh, know, it was no. the 90s. Yeah, at least yeah. that's cool. It's not like from cats. No, yeah, it's, not but cool. then... it's not cool if you can't do it. <laughs> but then, yeah. like, someone we knew, yeah, exactly. And then someone we knew said, Oh, I'm going to this like dance class. And we thought it was going to be a break dancing class, but it was literally like a kind of leotard. <laughs> could have been your Billy Elliot moment. It that could have been. changed everything. Oh, God, for you. I'm going red now. Yeah. You're, both, like... you're both quad yeah. red. <laughs> oh, what is God. it about dance that's embarrassing or dance? I think it's that thing of at that young age to be and any kind of public humiliation particularly yeah. involving your own body yeah. is just mm. horrific isn't it a good way of kind of getting processing this embarrassment might be if you try and talk us through step by step exactly what your dance was <laughs> we'd like we'd like to see it yeah. <laughs> not for the benefit of anyone listening but we'd quite like to see the routine. if someone donates a thousand pounds to the podcast then i'll record a video mm. of it for you and there you are that's <laughs> there you go it's got an eccentric millionaires or uh, <laughs> <laughs> i remember i remember i did a i had to do a um when i left because I went to uni and then I went to drama school, did just a postgrad for one year, not musical theatre, just acting. And I had, mm. to, I got sent for a musical theatre audition when I came out, just one. They said they were like, just go for this. It was for the lead in Love Story. I mean, horrific casting for me. And um, they were, it's the only musical theatre audition I've ever been to, but they were all b- sort of belting in the corridors, limbering oh, up God. in the corridors. It was right. proper fame. Yeah. And I sort of waddled in in a Mac because it was pissing it down outside, like absolutely like soggy fringe, you know, this limp bit of sheet music. And um, waited for ages, went in, sung the song, properly, because uh, I was so nervous, you know, fully wobble. And then left, said thank you very much, goodbye, and walked into a cleaning cupboard and shut the door behind me and didn't realise it wasn't up. the exit. <laughs> I stood in there. I realised it was getting darker, but just thought... And you're still in there today. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm recording this from inside the cupboard. I've never left. Um, I haven't psychologically ever left. And um, I just heard, oh, no, darling, that's a cupboard. Oh, Jesus. I went, yeah, just, yeah, going out now. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that... Uh, is that on one of the Adam Buxton, I think on Adam and Joe, he's talking about doing an audition where he has to kind of pretend he's kind of kissing someone. And he had to pretend he was kissing someone. And he said, and Adam Buxton said, well, this is a bit kind of awkward. There's no one here. And they, they said, well, you could try acting. Because <laughs> <laughs> so obviously miming a snog with someone who's not there is yeah. Yeah, is required. Yeah. That's mm. a real... Fucking hell, yeah. Oh, Glad I'm God, not. horrendous. Oh, I mean, hide- hideous things. Yeah. Hideous things.
we haven't really talked about the Beatles that much. Could, 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 could you do it? <laughs> um, I should probably. Yeah, I feel like I've gone way off topic. Sorry. No, it's our fault. We've we, no. you know we've been we've been rambling away. But but do you have some kind of favourite Beatles memories? Let's go, let's go in that yeah, direction. Maybe. I mean, um, my, one of my best mates who I've known since I was like fourteen. Um, she lives in Madrid now, but she. She used she was obsessed with the Beatles, so I have huge memories of her throughout our teens. Just when she sings, she really goes for it. It's proper like mm. neck veins, and she just <laughs> get um yeah get merry at party and then just be sort of facing the wall singing you know in my life or here there and everywhere at full volume. So just on Sounds her own like for like twelve on. minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm one of them. She yeah. she'd be very good on this. She cried multiple times. She can't. <laughs> She can't talk mm. about them without getting very emotional. Mm. Um, yeah, and just sort of school concerts and things. Like, mm. just, yeah, when I'm 64 at the at the, at the uh, Royal Festival Hall in Croydon, belting that out when I was about 11. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. Not on my own. There was about 200 of us. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I used to talk quite a lot at the age of 11. Um, I had a Vegas residency. Um <laughs> Yeah, so just, yeah, belting that one out and sort of family party. Yeah, I mean, they just run through everything, really, don't they? And mm. then I'm, I have insomnia quite badly and I got obsessed with golden slumbers for, for mm. a long time just because I also think that is the most beautiful song. Mm. But um, I got quite obsessed with that song for a while. Do you listen to it in the sequence of the end of Abbey Road, though? Because it's very yeah. nice. It's going oh, yeah. to so send you to sleep and then wake you up with quite a major jolt. Yeah, no, no, no. Not to, not to sleep to, but... Um, oh, right, I see. Just right. for okay. writing. Just it's for so writing. beautiful, yeah. Golden Slumbers, isn't it? it was ba- oh. Wasn't it based on a nursery? Oh, it was yeah. based on an old book of poems or something. An old poem. Yeah. And they changed a few of the words or something. Yeah. Mm. It's just got one of those lovely McCartney twists of the... Do, 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 do. You know, it's just yeah. so yeah. beautiful and catchy and such a hook. Yeah, and um, then his vocal going from sort of sweet to raw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, space. yeah, yeah. I think, I think if I could keep, if if I could keep ten seconds of Beatle tape to take, you know, to rescue from the fire, it would be that. Yeah. I think mm. oh. that second verse of Golden Slumbers is so disgustingly beautiful. <laughs> it's, but, it, but, it, but it's one of those ones that, I mean, there's a lot of music like this, so it's stating the obvious. It's one of those ones that makes me well up every every yeah. single time. Yeah. You know, it just, uh, yeah, even when I know it's coming, even when I've gone for it. Yeah. And I'm yeah, prepared I've got goosebumps still... just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. It's such a clever <laughs> chord and it's the, yeah. the way that, and that and You Never Give Your Money, which is all based mm. around that, like, a minor mm. thing is just, you know. Oh. They must have been very happy when they thought they were going to end it all with mm. that. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. And, yes. the, and then um, the other one I got quite obsessed with was Sexy Sadie for a while. I love that oh, song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, w- the, I sort of thought I was the only one in the world who was like, this is Radiohead, because, you know, it's <laughs> Karma Police. They sampled oh, it or yeah, used it yeah, for... Yeah, yeah, it's a similar... Oh, code. right. I remember, I remember getting yeah. very excited about it and then Googling it, like, oh, yes, yeah, it's a well-known fact. But, um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good, I do feel... I do feel... Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's sampled at the, in, in or the... Or it's insp- inspired it. I don't know if oh, it's... It's not sampled, yeah, I think yeah. it's the... Yeah, I think it's the same. Oh, yeah, it's got a similar feel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was well into that song for a bit. That piano thing in the bridge, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, when well, mm. you won't be able to unhear it now. Yeah. But um they were listening to that, that's one I remember there's an interview with Radiohead when they said they were when they were making OK Computer they were listening to loads of Beatles. Yeah. Well, it I think shows. they were listening to a lot yeah. of DJ Shadow, Queen, and the Beatles, weirdly. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Elvis wow. Costello. Right, it's yeah. quite a strange playlist. If you mm. put them in a blender, yeah. what you get is... <laughs> mm. oh my yeah, God. yeah. And then I really, really love... Um, I always get the name of it wrong. Is it the wheels? watching the wheels go round? The, the oh, Lennon. the solo Lennon song. Oh, I love mm. that song. Mm. Someone re- actually reminded... Someone tweeted about it not long ago, and I was like, God, I forgot how... Lyrically, how beautiful that song is. It's, all, cause mm. it's obviously all about him stepping away from everything and finding a different kind of happiness. Mm. So yeah. I know it's not technically Beatles, but I, I... And to bring it full circle, I feel like it's with Yoko's influence that that yeah. song was probably yeah, yeah. all yeah. about. It's a lot yeah. of. We were talking about mind games last week as well, and it was the, and a record that I had dismissed a bit and overlooked, and revisiting that and then listening to it this week in the context of it being the beginning of that sort of lost weekend. Oh, you do yeah. feel this sort of like because a lot of the stuff in the lost weekend, you feel is because it's when sort of John and Paul reconnected and a lot of mm. Beatles fans are like, you know, and that's when he went back to normal for a bit and then it all yeah. went to shit when they got back or whatever. Mm. But actually, no, he, he, I think he needed to be kicked out by Yoko to sort of rebalance the relationship. And then after that, they just were so sweet together. Yeah. Um, like those final interviews with them, they're just like, you know... Yeah, even the photos <clears throat> from yeah, that period, that... you know. Yeah, they've, def- they've lost that sort of rock star... Thing mm. and they've just become like quite sort of domestic and yeah, relatable. Yeah, it just sounded really sweet. I think maybe yeah. what people don't like about that is because it reminds them of the inevitability of like yeah, growing yeah, up and becoming an adult. And you, yeah, think you don't want true. John Lennon to be sensible. You want him to be, <laughs> you know, erratic and mad. Yeah, don't want him making a pasta bake and giving someone <laughs> a piggyback, do you? Really? It's, yeah. It's just the, the idea of that is. Slightly underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> but then he couldn't win because, you know, they didn't want him too far in the other direction. Mm. It's, it's a very difficult... She was sort of, you know, although both damned if you do, damned if you don't, in a way. Yeah. And it is strange mm. to have someone who is so popular drawn to something so avant-garde as well, isn't it? I mean, that yeah. you, you know, it's hard to imagine just the, the extremes yeah. of those worlds, I guess, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's the equivalent of Adele now hooking up with some kind of. I'm not. I'm not saying Adele's the Beatles, but in terms <laughs> of level, levels of fame and levels kind of, fame, of yeah. accessibility and stuff. Do you know um, Jim O'Rourke, the musician? Yeah, because mm. he he had a couple of kind of breakthrough records of doing very Burt Bacharachy style, like folky, really beautifully arranged mm. pop music, and quite Beatlesy in some ways. But yeah, he's really from yeah. an experimental background and then he's he sort of played a couple of concerts where he just kind of did laptop noise stuff from from all these people wanting this oh, beautiful baccarat style music like, excuse like, me yeah <laughs> but there's something of that where it's like you know that kind of it's 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 sort of hard to tell your story to an audience isn't it and i think that's the thing with yoko it's like you know you pigeonhole people don't you it's like she's the one yeah. who broke up the beatles you know well, people mm. probably just want also, you know, it's an easier, clearer narrative, isn't it? Rather than yeah. being like, well, here's a group of people who worked very intensely together for a while and then 
or wanted to do different things, it's much easier mm. to vilify one person as yeah. if she was some sort of bomb that went off rather than yeah. the ageing process and <laughs> priorities <laughs> and all of those things. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. much easier that she's a woman, you know. Yes, yeah. And, and uh, not an English woman, so you mm. can really go to town on it. Yeah, I hope that she... It's really nice to have seen the narrative change over the last, like, five, ten years. And I really yeah. hope that she gets sort of vindicated in the end because she is incredibly impressive to have and resilient and mm. interesting yeah. and just you know she's a complete one off and yeah. uh, it doesn't get enough airtime. Exactly, she doesn't get enough airtime. She should be. <laughs> there should be so much more positive discussion. I mean, yes, I'm yeah. not saying nobody's perfect, but the, the you know all these sort of so many figures through history in the art world, the music world, who've you know done appalling things and are still mm. kind of revered or at the very least respected for what they've done and people are able to hold those two things in their minds at the same time yeah the sort of person and and the work or the effect or whatever but it, it just felt like everything was dismissed it was mm. just all kind of thrown out because of this relationship and this yeah and i feel yeah. like she needs to be discovered with fresh eyes yeah. But yeah. She Absolutely. said in, in Desert Island Dish, she said, um, I, I imagine I'll be, I'm paraphrasing, I imagine I'll be vil sort of vilified again when I die. And I just thought, oh, what an awful thing to yeah. think mm, to be so tragic. To, yeah, carrying that around with you that yeah. even if there's been some respite now that. You, you know, I think yeah. hopefully she's wrong. Yeah, the, about uh, that. yeah kind of but, like the obituaries will, will say things like, although she is sometimes, you know, like yeah. it's kind of like really weird way yeah. she's talked about yeah that's really odd isn't it and to have to think of yourself in those terms yeah. as this kind of ball to be thrown around you know yeah, like yeah. it, it mm. must be really really strange she was saying also that she doesn't want sean to feel like he has to protect her she's like mm. i don't want him to feel like he has to protect my legacy it's too much work just let it go so all to mm. have all those thoughts kind mm. of in your mind there's you know, that's not a normal human experience to be no. thinking of, <laughs> yeah. of your own death in that way. So Yeah, that's bizarre. But she's also bloody funny, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, um, have you got some more tweets we could kind of... I suppose we could... Yes. What, Yoko tweets. Yoko tweets. Yeah. yeah. What, what was and will any of them be as good as the Britney Spears tweets? Do you know the Britney Spears tweets? Which? From 20, <laughs> 2011. Which does anyone think global warming is a good thing? Oh, I love, yeah. <laughs> I love Lady Gaga. I think she's a really interesting artist. <laughs> That's the best, <laughs> the best tweet. I mean, of the all next time. one to follow that is surely just sort of I've just had some toast or something. That's the level <laughs> yeah. where um, I love Britney. She's another yeah. one. She's another yeah. one. She is. Mm. She has been vilified. Yeah. I mean, she was unfortunate enough to have mental health problems before we started caring about them. That's all that mm. happened to her. Yeah. It's yeah. like. We've only softened in the last couple of years and we're all patting ourselves on the back, but God, we gave we yeah. gave her a time of it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think we need a collective apology for both of these people, really. Yeah. <laughs> they get on, I think, actually. send a card round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could do, um, what, what's those flowers you can post through the door in case they're not there? Bloom and yeah. Wild. I've just completely yeah. <laughs> Just advertise like I'm being sponsored by Bloom and Wild. <laughs> what's that excellent uh, yeah. makeup Ooh, flowers? I, don't know. You can... <laughs> I believe they're doing a deal at the moment. Where for... mm. no. um, okay, some more Yoko tweets. I, wanna, I, mean, I think I mentioned this one earlier. Who says there's a brick wall? There's no brick wall. It's all in your mind. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let your instinct take you there, not your logical brain. I actually just quite like that one. That's um, true. That's a good although, one. Although, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe, mm, maybe, maybe yeah. sometimes trying to get from A to B, I'd probably yeah. probably go with logic. <laughs> um, trying to get to work. <laughs> the um, scoop the moon out of the water one as well is quite mm. nice. Oh, Although, that's nice. Absolutely mad. Because she essentially says, scoop the moon out of the water. If you can't get it all, keep going till you've scooped the whole moon out. Which, I mean, therein lies madness. Mm. <laughs> It'll still be there when I'm, you know, 65, yeah. scooping the same bit of moon out of the water. But um, <laughs> I, do like, I do like that as an image. Just yeah. the other thing, she just deals in beautiful images, as yeah, did he. Definitely. You know, yeah, so yeah. obviously they're soulmates. Yeah. That was Gabby Best's own personal Beatles, and what a great episode that was. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. It was such a fun one. And, yeah, as we said, great to come at it from a slightly different angle of Merkel. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. It was good, and I think it was really... In- I, re- I always enjoy chats about experimental or sort of in brackets difficult music or difficult art because I th- sort of think maybe naively that art is for everyone and that there's something, even in something that appears difficult, that people mm. can enjoy and take something away from. And yeah, I think that's, that's, the, that's a big part of the Yoko story is that kind of snobbery about, oh, it's pretentious, rubbish kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And um, I think it's just really interesting to analyse those reactions and kind of debunk that way of thinking of it. Yeah, and actually putting the uh, playlist together, which you can find on our Spotify thing, uh, which is just your own personal Beatles, um, I I listened to quite a lot of that um, album that Moving Mountains is on. Mm. And I did actually get quite into it. It's pretty bracing stuff, isn't it? Not as much as I thought it was, actually. Mm. I was really preparing for it to be quite sort of screechy and, um, you know, a bit more deliberately abrasive. Yeah. But um, actually, there is there is a lot of sort of beauty in it, and it does kind of... It does kind I of mean, the stuff, the stuff like that is so incredibly powerful on the emotions, I think. I mean, you have such mm. a visceral reaction to that sort of stuff. I was on my lunch break today, and I was listening to Gavin Bryars. Gavin Bry- Do you know Glorious Hill? Gavin Bryars is... Glorious Hill. No, I don't know. It's so incredible. And I was wondering why I was just feeling so un- unbelievably depressed in Tesco Metro <laughs> in Elephant and Castle. And it was because I was listening to that particular well, piece of there's music. There's two reasons right there. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was the Briars. Yeah. <laughs> Very sad piece of music. I went back and listened to some of that Scott Walker stuff because I usually kind yeah. of stop around Scott Walker 3. Really? What, you don't um, even like four? Um, I mean, I do, but I don't own it on, on vinyl, so I don't tend to listen mm. to it. But Three I is my favourite. I haven't got as far as the more sort of challenging stuff. So I yeah. delved into that and had a little listen. It was really... You forget that actually, at the time, three must, might have even been quite... Well, three has got... Yeah, three has got some quite... Not difficult, but it's kind of got some of those... Slightly unharmonious elements at the start. Well, there's that's the in the in the opening track. It's um, mm. it's raining today, which I've, yeah. I've known for ages and loved, and I only realised when Tom York put it on his Desert Island Discs that mm. it is completely ripped off in uh, 
how to disappear completely on yeah today. that's interesting that yeah. sort of sustained note that is sort of gets really discordant and then resolves in that absolutely like transcendent moment yeah but it's literally i don't know it might even be a sample because it sounds identical. yeah well I, I think the i think it's really interesting following his career particularly with that song uh, it's raining today because i i really like the 80s album climate of hunter mm. which Bizarrely, Scott Walker appeared on like Saturday morning kids TV to promote, <laughs> which is really weird. Because there's a song on Climate of Hunter, I think it's called Dealer, which is absolutely brilliant. It's one, it's one of my, yeah, it's called Dealer. It's the second song. It's one of my favorite Scott Walker songs. And that is almost like kind of, if you can imagine, an 80s version of It's Raining Today, mm. whereas this kind of strange dissonance almost going running the whole way through the song. But Climate of Hunter's great, and Tilt mm. is magnificent tilt is incredible and that is what really where you're completely on the borderline between noise and and yeah. more melodic stuff and then the drift is where it's kind of sort of firmly on the it's yeah, it's, the drift it's a hard is what I was listen. listening to this week <laughs> yeah um, i mean it's i love it but it's like i, I wouldn't put it on a, a dinner party no <laughs> i don't know i've never had a dinner party <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. And the moral of the story is persevere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, don't, don't bother listening Otherwise to something easy. Yeah. If it's easier not to, then just give up. Yeah. I also listened, listened to quite a bit of Messian um, until it started giving me horrible sort of flashbacks to right. university. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I do... I mean, some of that stuff is so beautiful. It's yes, definitely worth... Yeah. Um, we're searching out and we've I've put a little selection of it on the on the playlist yeah. um but we'll stop bollocking on and mm. uh leave you to it for another week thank you so much for listening and for those of you who've got this far um and thank you so much we've only got a couple of episodes left so everyone who has donated um we're incredibly grateful um someone this, uh, this week asked me what uh the donations were actually for and thought there's the implication being that we're sort of pocketing it but <laughs> it, it does you know it is an expensive endeavor and we do have to pay for sort of hosting fees and the and the software that we use to record it and all the equipment and the website and all of that so you know we'd love to come back and do a second series one day and we'll give me a second series <laughs> yeah yeah shit yeah. So give us yeah make that more um of a you know easy prospect for us you can go to personalbeatles.com forward slash donate and chuck us a couple of quid there and thank you everyone who's rated the show on um, apple Podcasts, especially if you like it please go there and give us a five star rating if you write a nice review we will read them we really appreciate them um we might read out a couple on the show if they're particularly entertaining um and it really yeah it does help it does help other people find it it's not just ego stroking so yeah please carry on doing so if you haven't yep. already and then then head there we'll be back next week with the fantastic josh Widdicombe, which is yes. very exciting. Exciting news. Yeah, that's great. A good episode. Yeah, it was good. It was another sort of slightly can-heavy one. A little bit canny. Um, <laughs> a little bit cammy, a little bit jammy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be back next Tuesday with Josh Widdicombe. And until then, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Au revoir. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Your Own Personal Beatles is presented by Jack Pelling and Robin Allender. The podcast artwork is done by Morgan Ritchie. It's produced by me, Jack Pelling, and is a Homespun Sounds production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.